Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creative Control with Vish Khanna. I have the head cold. The head cold came back. It went away. I don't know what I had. I had something that lasted for weeks. Do you remember that? Listeners of the show? I was really sick there for a while, and then it seemed to go away, and now it's back. I'm sneezing and coughing. I don't know. Stupid polar vortex or whatever. It's killing me. Maybe I'm just being a wussy... Southern Ontario person. Well, I'll find out. My guest today is Tanya Tagak, who hails from Nunavut, and uh, she is one of the most remarkable, impossible to classify artists I've ever encountered. I've seen Tanya Tagak perform, and it's like nothing else. She is an Inuit throat singer, so a lot of what she does, it's musical, but it's and rhythmic, but it's like it's just like coming from inside of her, and it's it's kind of disturbing it's 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 crazy it's like nothing i've ever seen and it's amazing i mean i i can't wait to see it again she is performing at the hillside inside festival on the afternoon of saturday uh, february 8th at 2 p.m at st george's church it's a double bill tanya tagak opening for timber timber that's a great bill so i wanted to catch up with tanya she i the last time she and i spoke kind of on the record uh it was the year 2008, she put out a record, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's called Blood. I'll be talking about it later. But uh, anyway, that's the last time. And it's like I believe that's the last time she put out a record. I, I mean, there's been like a live thing that came out, but the last proper album was so long ago. So it was time to catch up. I'm excited. You're going to hear a lot of news about Tanya Tagak that uh, no one, I don't think anyone knows at this point. And uh, it's a good chat. So here it is, Tanya Tagak, and you'll hear an older song. Uh, even though she's got potentially a couple albums in her that are going to be out soon at some point, uh, you're going to hear an old song from Blood on the show. So that's coming up. All right, I need a Kleenex. You enjoy yourself. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Inside Lewin Davis, which I just saw there. It's great. Great movie. Dallas Buyers Club, The Armstrong Lie, Philomena, or if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, Philomania, I guess, and more, much more. On January 30th, the E-Bar welcomes Toronto MP Olivia Chow, who will read from and discuss her new memoir, My Journey. And on January 23rd, Kazoo welcomes Arc Analog and Carl Skeen to the E-Bar for an all-ages show. The bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. 
Tanya Tagak is a truly singular artist who hails from the Nunavut Territory in northern Canada. Though she's renowned as an Inuit throat singer, Tagak makes music that absorbs and reflects many genres and is really impossible to pigeonhole. 2014 will see the release of her long-awaited follow-up to 2008's acclaimed album, Alk Blood. And on Saturday, February 8th, she returns to Guelph, Ontario, for a double bill with Timber Tambor as part of Hillside Inside. Here now to discuss this further is the wonderful and charming Tanya Tagak. Hi, Tanya. How are you? Hi. I'm great. I'm just great. It's nice to speak with you again. Now, where in the world are you? Right now, I am in Brandon, Manitoba. Brandon, Manitoba. Now, you hail from, you spend time in parts of Canada that are used to uh, deep cold. And we here in eastern Canada and the United States have been going through what the uh, scientists have called a polar vortex. What do you make? Have you, you've heard this term. What do you make of this? Should we, are we handling this well? Do we seem weak? Um, yeah, you guys are pathetic. (laughs) 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 No, I was, I was just in New York and, and and then I just thought people were being, you know, kind of whiny there. And then I was in Vancouver and there was a day of snow and the whole city shut down. Wow. Vancouver is Vancouver. (laughs) Vancouver, they're, they're, come on. They're not, they're not, we're used to it, but this is, we're, we're used to the cold here in Eastern Canada, but, but at the same time. Minus 40 degrees Celsius is pretty extreme. Well, that's the thing. Is Where I'm from, it's uh, Cambridge Bay, Nunavut. It's, I grew up with extreme cold weather. And they closed the schools down and the government, government offices down and have like storm days when there was either zero visibility or, you know, it got past minus 60. Mm-hmm. So so it's a little bit of a different thing. Like uh, it was a huge cold snap here in Brandon. And it was minus 52 or 53 with the wind chill. Yeah. And I was putting on my jacket and boots and my boyfriend says, where the hell are you going? And I said, oh, I'm going for a walk. I, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it makes me feel rejuvenated and young and alive and um, clear to be in that level of cold like I that's just how I grew up so but the thing is I'm a complete whiny arsehole when it comes to the heat like, I'm, the same. <laughs> I'm the exact same way I prefer the cold <laughs> over the heat I can't handle the heat I love the cold yeah I can't if anything past plus like 25 and I start getting uncomfortable anything past 30 and I'm just basically laying there like a slug. <laughs> so so uh, I, I can't really, I can't really um, get on people's backs too much for not liking the cold when I hate the heat. <laughs> right. But you're saying, so you're saying if it was minus 40 in say Cambridge Bay, things would just be normal. You'd go to work, you'd go to school, everything would oh, be fine. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just fine. Right. Yeah. Okay. Minus, the, I, minus forty isn't a bad day, <laughs> <laughs> right? But here it's it's inducing kind of a panic. I mean, it is really cold. I I I also went. I like you. I went for a walk. I went for a forty. I went for a ninety minute walk the day, the coldest day of the year so far. I just decided I go. Invigorating. It was. It's it was so great. I, I liked it. I like. I, I like it. I prefer it. But I like being bundled up. Like you can warm yourself mm-hmm. up. It's harder to cool yourself down. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Now. 
Guelph, Ontario, uh, and you have a little bit of a history. I saw you perform at the Guelph Jazz Festival at least uh, one year. Um, do you have any fond memories of Guelph? Do you, does it stick out for you? Yeah, I, there's a really great little coffee shop there, and uh, a couple old friends live there. And I just really like the community. I like the size of the town, and people were always very, very friendly when I went there. So it's a place I enjoyed going, for sure. Yeah, well, we're, we're pleased to have you back. Now, the last time you and I spoke... Uh, that you were talking about your record, Alk Blood, and, and at the time you were saying that it wasn't angry enough for you, uh, that you were <laughs> you were a little concerned it wasn't that angry. How's the new record that... Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything, but how's the new record coming along in terms of your anger? Oh, that's amazing. I can't believe it. I can't <laughs> believe you remember that. And now that I, I'm saying that, I remember, I'm remembering where I was in my life then, and... Yeah, I was at a passive time in my life. And now, yes, this album is as absolutely angry as I want it to be. It's a lot harder, um, but there's still pretty moments in it. And it's kind of a gateway. Like, I feel things shifting in my life right now. And I think that this new album that's coming out is going to be part of that. And the next album after that, I'm, I'm already planning the, the next one. It's not going to be years. It's going to be as soon as possible because I want to either do a, a electronic album, like a, either drum and bass or jungle or metal. Oh, wow. So something, or maybe even a mixture of those things. So, we'll, it, yeah, it's definitely I've accumulated a lot more energy and the album that's coming out, I have a couple songs on there where I'm really, I'm very, very pleased about it. I do some actual singing on this one. I covered the song Caribou by the Pixies. Oh, wow, that's cool. And I, yeah, I remember when I first heard that song when I had come down south. I think I was in, in uh, Halifax when I first heard that song, and I just looked over at my friend and I was like, someone's singing about caribou? <laughs> <laughs> so excited, so excited about it, and I've got a couple other covers for the next one that I'm, I won't I won't name names, but they're pretty exciting too. Um, and also, I did a song on my new album. I called it Fracking. I was gonna call it Frack Off, but I thought that was too funny. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, I wanted to sonically call attention to basic basically the ugliest and most terrible sound that could be associated with the most terrible things in the world. Like what would it feel like if, if the earth could feel that happening to her, huh. you know? It's, and, and also it applies in so many ways. Like it's a way I wish I could deal with a lot of the world's problems that gets to me you know when i see people hurting and i want to help them but you can't you can't take somebody's pain from them you know they have to feel it themselves and deal with it themselves or how i how i wish that song could start playing when i'm walking alone at night and some man starts being threatening or creepy or you know just things like that i, I put all the negative kind of energy I had into one song, and it's 
absolutely un- it's absolutely unlistenable and I love it. <laughs> so you you've put a completely unlistenable song about fracking on your new record and you're totally happy about that. Oh yeah, cuz there's lots of like there's lots of pretty songs like um there's lots of songs to placate people in in that way where they they will not be they can just press fast forward over fracking if they want to, but if you want to get creeped out, it's there. And I like that option. Like some people like to watch horror films, you know, some people like, will like to listen to that. And it's, it's a nice, a nice way for me to be able to go to one side of the spectrum. And, you know, there's a lot of different songs on there um, <laughs> that have a, have a lot of different feedback. Oh, bless you. Oh, that sorry. have a, Oh, it's 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 totally okay. I have the same cold. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I I I've had a rough. I had a good spell where my wife and my son were completely sick all the time, and I was fine. And then one of them just hit me, and then it it goes away. It's been gone for a few weeks now, and then now it's just sort of come back again. It's really frustrating. I wonder. I wonder what's going on because our entire family had that through the all of Christmas. Yeah, and there's... we're still on the we're still on the other end, like a full month basically. Yeah, and it's it's not bad enough to make you stay in bed, but it's niggling enough to to hinder you in your daily activities. Yeah, like I just assume it's some kind of weird mutant daycare cold. You know, my son must have brought home from all the other kids, <laughs> but like I don't know, man. Like it's weird. It just it was totally gone like two days ago, and then it all was. I did go to a concert in Toronto. Like a lot of people were there, and I don't know if I don't know. I was fine at the what show. What concert? What concert did you see? I went to see Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh, what? What? Who are those? The, who are the, they? They're a band that uh, have an interesting trajectory in terms of the fact that they put out a record uh, that people really liked in like 1998. I think it must have been. It's called In the Airplane Over the Sea, and they put out this record. And then for some reason, they didn't do much else after that, a few releases, but not, nothing that had the same impact. But for some reason, the, the legend of it, the myth, the, mytho, the mythos around it, or whatever, uh, like the, the myth around it just sort of has grown. And they've become this like cult phenomenon. However, it's not even a cult anymore. Like They sold out two nights in a row at the Cool House in Toronto, which is like one of Toronto's biggest venues. And they're continuing to do this all around the world. They're like an American band, and uh, it's really cool. And, I, you know, there's all sorts of theories as to why this might have happened, but no one's really sure. It's just a weird... Just like people love it enough that it's become popular again somehow. Well, this is what I find funny, is like when I was younger, like it's a social phenomenon that seems to like kind of echo in itself all the time, like the reinsurgence of fashion from 20 years ago taking like all, all these kinds of things um musically and with film that can happen too like you know how there's all these really really dirty like not dirty but inappropriate for under 18 like the comedies have gotten just oh yeah, yeah more raunchy over, over yeah. the last yeah way way more raunchy whereas it would be totally normal you know, you see Jennifer Aniston in Horrible Bosses talking about her vagina, whereas like 20 years ago that wouldn't have happened. But nice. we pulled last night. We pulled up a John Waters film, and I was showing my boyfriend. I was like, "See, this was underground, right? Right back then, you know, like this was underground, and now it's mainstream. So it's just funny how things that are popular, basically pop culture, 
I've always kind of thrown it away. Like I remember when I was going to school in Halifax and everyone was all crazy about like, you know, Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys. And I was just like, ah, like, come on, this is garbage. And and you you like what was underneath. And we were like basically going to raves and there's a lot of electronic music was out at the time. And, you know, and, and it was, it was all underneath and now it's all on top. And what's, I don't know what's underground so much anymore, you know, because I'm in my own kind of universe of creativity. But it always seems to work like that with culture, where is what's underground becomes cool eventually and therefore is not really cool anymore. Yeah, like everything's also more accelerated. Like you're an underground phenomenon for a short time before you're embraced by the overground and then you're dismissed by the overground. It's like a very confusing Everything seems kind of sped up. And also, like, in the case of this band, Neutral Milk Hotel, I mean, they really hadn't... This is all, like, a reunion, you know? Like, they they were done. They weren't going to even do it anymore, but they just... You know, I think people... I'm not trying to suggest that it's all about money, but I'm sure at some point they were just like, why do we have five million YouTube hits? Like, why... What the hell's going on? Why is everyone downloading our album or whatever? Uh, or ordering our album like what's going on and in a weird way you as a dormant artist you can develop an audience like that just it just seems to be happening and then they kind of will you into exist like re-existing it's very strange (laughs) it is it is but i mean that's that's part of every artist's job is to comment on today's state in society right like it's the world, like the older you get, the more you can just see how crazy this place is yeah. and this life is. And it's so, it's great to be able to express that. Right. No, I agree kind with you. Kind of awe, awe, awe about it all, you know? <laughs> no, I agree mm-hmm. with you. And I mean, you, you mentioned this song about fracking and what's really been making uh, more news and more noise lately. Uh, our people in Canada in particular are, are really speaking out against the excavation and transport of tar sands oil, of oil in general, uh, you know, manipulating the land. Uh, obviously, this speaks to you. You've written a song, at least one song about it. Mm-hmm. And it's all—it's always like I've always not used lyrics for a reason um, because a lot of my opinions are just over the top and I don't, I want to connect with people on an individual basis and I can't do that by excluding anyone. Mm. And you, ex- when, when you force your opinions on the world, sometimes it's, you can only speak to a small group of people, but environmentalism, it's been an under underlying ish, issue or not issue, but component of my sonic expression for many years. Like I'll think about it when I'm singing, you know? So it's, it's just I finally put a word on it. Right. So, yeah, and of, of course, like, I'm not against um, using our natural resources. I just think there's better, way better ways to do it. And also, like, we shouldn't... Uh, well, I mean, you look at... I'm not going to get into specifics, but if you look at countries that are doing well with their natural resources, like Norway... You know, like they're not just firing off crude oil, you know, they're they're processing it in their own country and creating more jobs. And this is, I mean, I could go on about this forever, but I think anyone who's educated just kind of knows this isn't the right way to be doing things. 
Yeah, there are alternatives, and I think that's what people are really speaking out at, uh, speaking out about right now. And I and I appreciate your viewpoint on that as well. Um, but we've got such a crazy, power-hungry freak yeah. right now making terrible, making such terrible decisions on our behalf, you know, and doing such backhanded or underhanded things. It's just difficult to to put up with. And I remember when I was touring. Uh, with the Kronos Quartet and Bush got reelected and they were so upset, like almost in tears. I think we were in Paris at the time at a restaurant and they found out. And I remember thinking, oh, like, it's good. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. But when Stephen Harper got reelected, I kind of had the same, like my shoulders slumped and I got really sad. And it's just, I just, please... Canada, can we not have him back, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say this, this, I think the sentiment is spreading now, but I mean, you can't take anything for granted. It's, uh, I think it's always difficult when you have someone that some people view as so nefarious, but he comes across rather even tempered, you know? Like he, everyone's kind of, everyone who is knowledgeable and well read in terms of the news kind of hears all these stories about uh, his control issues and things like that, but when he actually speaks in public, he doesn't really raise his voice. He doesn't seem to, he seems to be like a, like he doesn't have emotion, you know, in some ways. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a, that's a, such a, I mean, politically, that's such a smart tactic, but it also just makes it feel like it's nothing, but it's just so unemotional. Like there's no passion there. Well, it's like you can do it one way or the other and make it like you can be a zoned out robot and not seem to not piss anyone off and that works and you could also be Rob Ford in right. a total other way and it seems to be working out for him too. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's just it, funny. It's like, you know, uh, it's just farcical. Like, yeah. it just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, so. I hear you. Now, I want to get back to this record a little bit uh, because... Uh, uh, you've talked about a couple of the songs. Um, is there mm-hmm. a, is there a title yet? Almost, it's the, almost there. It's almost there. Okay. Yeah, we. I found a painting that I really like, and I'm I'm not going to say by who, except it's not mine. And uh, we're just right now uh, in the midst of co- conversing with the artist to see if I can use it as a cover, and if I can, if I can use that painting as a cover I'll know what the title is but if we can't have that then the title will not be okay. nailed down totally yeah, fair so. totally fair that's fair okay all right so you've answered that's great so so this is like this is another circumstance I, I rarely I rarely find myself in these circumstances where I have to ask an artist about a record that I haven't heard but I understand like it's still kind of oh. being made you know I, I appreciate that so that's fine. oh it's being it's being mixed right now right. and then there's only the mastering and pressing and stuff it should be out by May okay no no that's fair I just mean that that's for it. our circumstances right now it is it is strange for me to be talking to you about something I haven't heard but I, but at the same time it's kind of nice because now it's going to seem like it's, it's all new this is all new to me I have no I can't have any preconceived ideas or notions so let's talk a little bit about and I guess the, the, the reason I bring it up it's like a disclaimer. Forgive me for asking obvious questions that I would never ask someone had I spent time listening to their record, you know? Like, oh. So, like, if I say to you, okay. if I say to you, like, about this batch of songs, do you yet sense a sonic or lyrical theme emerging through the record? Like, you mentioned the one song, but do you, 
Do you see any through line between these songs as they are now? Oh, this is going to sound so weird. I, um, the only thing I can think about sometimes throughout the whole album is either this like really earthy color brown or mixed together with the kind of visual of one of those huge tractors scraping up of big piles of rocks. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm just, I can't be not anything but myself. Okay. No, no, <laughs> that, no, that's fair. That's, that's, the, that's the general feel of uh, what I think of the album. But, of course, everyone will have their own ideas. Uh, so, song by song, um, uh, quite a lot of the song names are animals, um, like Tulurak, which means raven, and it's kind of a that is, I know a bit of the song order, and I can talk about the big, a bit of the songs. Um, and there's some raven sounds in there. I've always loved ravens hmm. because they're the one of the only birds, them and owls, that is you know stay up in the north during the winter. So they're incredibly smart and very hardy. So. There's that song, there's uh, Uming Muk song, there's a song called Howl, and that, that, when I was growing up, there were a lot of dog teams, and there was a siren that went off every day at noon and at 10 o'clock at night, and it was originally there for curfew, uh-huh. the, si- the siren, and uh, every day the siren would go off, and all the dog teams from all over town, all the dogs would just come together in this big giant howl. And in my imagination, I always imagined them picturing this big king dog in the middle of town, you know, <laughs> calling out to them and they'd all sing at the same time. So I kind of did a song surrounding that idea of um, all the howling. So that's kind of wolf based and, and then I also, um, there's a song I put on there, and I don't know exactly what I'm going to call it yet, but um, I'm saying Uyarahumavi in it. And when I was a young girl, like, you know, in the 70s, I, you know, some of my first memories, I remember seeing my uncle, like, on his bongos with his beard and smoking a joint. And, you know, like, it's always kind of been around in my life. And... Recently, um, my neighbor, she's her and her doctor husband are helping in Canada with over 20,000 people that have a medicinal marijuana license and, you know, like people that are going through chemotherapy and people that are going through really difficult times in their life are being helped by this, you know, plant, this plant that just grows and, and, and um, I've known people who have started on on uh, taking medicinal marijuana and been able to cut out a lot of their chemotherapy pills or various stuff like this. And growing up in Nunavut, you know, there's obviously a lot of problems in Nunavut and like one of the hugest epidemics is, you know, things happening when people are drunk or drinking. And that goes hand in hand with, you know, like social problems and everything that's happening all coming out and being ex- being basically accepted while people are drunk. And I just kind of made this song about how, you know, pot's the better choice, basically, and kind of outing myself a lo- little bit as, 
you know, as, as like a Woody Harrelson or Bill Murray or something as like a kind of pro pot person. Right. So, and my parents, another thing in the seventies, my parents went all the way down to St. Lucia and we were living in Resolute Bay at the time, which is the northernmost community. And it was so funny. They came back with all like Peter Tosh and Bob Marley records. So I grew like there are people in the far Arctic listening to Peter Tosh and Bob Marley like, like long before, like it kind of caught, caught on as wildfire in Southern Canada. But it's, I grew up with a lot of that kind of idea that it was a positive thing. So I'm basically releasing the first kind of in a pro pot song and like literally means would you like to smoke do you like to smoke up and it's (laughs) really really funny because is a a translation from Inuktitut and it means stone like stoned (laughs) right which goes back to what you were saying earlier about the scraping stones maybe remember you were saying that oh oh maybe maybe yeah you you seem (laughs) but yeah so there's a there's a whole uh, myriad of songs as usual on one of my albums you can go to like calm places or very chaotic places and it was it's still based in improvisation but it's got a bit of structure to it so i think the next album will have even more structure to it and um i'm getting into a uh, whole bunch of different ideas. So okay, that's fair. Now, yeah. on the last record, you had some special guests. You had Mike Patton. You had Buck Sixty Five. Uh, my pal Jesse Zubat was on there. I think I believe uh, on a good chunk of the record. What, what's uh, what, yes. uh, do you have a similar sort of uh, array of guests uh, lined up for this one? Well, this one I wanted. Um, my this one I kind of wanted to focus with um, Jesse and Jean because we've been doing this band touring thing for a couple of years. And I wanted to just focus on our sound first. And then I already have some pretty exciting guests lined up for the next oh, okay. project. But I do have um, Anna Pardo Canedo on there, which she's an incredible uh, Belgian opera singer. And I also have uh, Michael Red on there. He's a prominent Vancouver electronic manipulator. Okay. He works with Able- Able- Ableton Live. Okay. So yeah, just the co- the collection of us. We made we made this album. It's pretty exciting. All right, no, that sounds good. That sounds great. Now, the last time we spoke, I alluded to it earlier. You had also expressed some concern about being cast as uh, yourself as a token musician, and you also worried about what your about your own cultural heritage being compromised in some way. Is that still the case? Are you a little less concerned about those things? Um, I am not concerned about myself at all anymore as being uh, pigeonholed into um, the happy Eskimo kind of world music scene at at all anymore, though I love the world music scene. I feel that uh, my career has developed enough and I've worked with 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Enough people and it's refined itself enough that it, I'm not worried about any of that anymore. Okay. I don't, I don't think anyone has the power over me to portray me in that way. And if they did and they booked me like that, the audience would be surprised pleasantly, I think. Right. <laughs> to, to get their ass kicked by this little, you know, punk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you don't, you're not, you wouldn't consider yourself image conscious generally? Not anymore. Well, see, when I first started out, I was getting a lot of hate mail from traditionalists and a lot of, yeah, criticism from Inuit people. But the thing is, over the years, I go when I go home now, like the younger generation of kids, like they're more open to the world. There's the internet now, right? So yeah. they can see they can see what's going on everywhere. So it's not this same thing where all of a sudden there's this weird person doing this weird thing. It's like you have the whole internet. You can see everything about what's happening. You can look up any art that you want and it's like, oh, well, she's just, she's not that weird. Like there are people out there doing really weird things, you know? So, and um, thinking about being in right now, I'm not ashamed of that. And I think I was afraid before because there were so many people against me, but a couple of things have happened. Number one, you get older and you stop caring about what people think so much. Yeah. Like, so what? If you don't like me, I might not like, I might like, not like you. And maybe we shouldn't go for coffee. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this kind of more lackadaisical idea. And, you know, when I have people emailing me going, I'm cursing you, like you're ruining Inuit culture. And I just think, wow, like, I don't have it in my heart to have that hatred to anyone for anything. Like, so you must be in a crappy place in your life to right. have to look out, look up what you hate and then email a person with hatred. Like, Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry. You're going through that. You know, it's just a little more maturity is all. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I also, also a couple of young girls, started up a Facebook page to get me to stop singing and they had to close the page down because like, I never wrote on the page, but someone alerted me to it and I went on there and there was 
such a flood of support from the Inuit community. And they, I guess they just got used to me existing the way I exist. And if you ask anyone that, you know, I went to elementary school with, I was always just kind of a little off the wall anyway. No, but I so. mean, this, this, Facebook, <laughs> this Facebook page or group that you mentioned, um, what, do you believe it was initiated by people who uh, were worried about your impact upon uh, your culture, or were they just ignorant people who just couldn't handle it? Let's, like, I mean, to be honest, you know, your work isn't for everyone. It's, it's, it is quite challenging. So were they just people it, who thought, yeah. oh, this is terrible, or were they people like, this is actually offensive to my culture? Both. And uh, that's the thing, though. If you look at our history, um, I have never claimed to be a traditional throat singer. And if you look at our all throughout our history, there's always been a backlash to people that are changing things. And some people were basically pinning colonialism on me. Like people were going that low to go, oh, you're you're appropriating yourself and how embarrassing and all of this stuff. And the thing is, I mean, if you want to go walk out onto the tundra, like there's millions of kilometers of tundra, like you can go and live with uh, no rifle and <laughs> no skidoo and you can take your dogs out there and you can do that all you want. Sure, go ahead and that, that'll be sticking with tradition. Or if you care that much, learn traditional throat singing and teach your children traditional throat singing. The least effective thing to do is to start bugging someone about what kind of art they're creating. Right. And there are lots of traditional throat singers. And the idea, um, once people understand the integrity behind my work, like it's it's basically protest music. And um, a lot of people said it was over overly sexualized. And a lot of people say it's de- demonic. But all, like traditionally in traditional Inuit culture, like sex wasn't dirty or a sin. Right. You know, um, they, those are kind of Christian views anyway. So I, I, I just don't, I don't stand for it anymore because I'm not afraid of myself or I'm not afraid of being myself. And the, what, when people don't like my work, I understand. <laughs> like, I, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not making stuff to sound pretty. Right. Like, it's, it's, that's not why I'm doing this. And, uh. I'm actually even surprised every time people do like it. So, <laughs> because it's, <laughs> I understand that it's uh, not for everyone and that I'm just totally okay with that. Yeah. And if you, if you don't like it, like I still like you. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Well, you know? well, you know, speaking of having a kind of sense of humor, I suppose about yourself or, or being even handed, are you, Familiar with Jeff Berner's new book, Festival Man? Well, that story is all true. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 happened. I got I got um, with Bjork. She asked me to tour with her, and you know, I won't use names, but my manager at the time had booked a bunch of festivals for me, and really, I told him months in advance that I wasn't going, but he just really, he really did that. And that's why that book is so incredible because 
that's actually how shit went down. Okay, so let's just, <laughs> can you kind of explain this story to people? Because Okay, so basically Jeff Berner, who's a very talented singer, songwriter, musician, he's a, a favorite uh, here in Guelph at the Hillside Festival and beyond, he's... You know. Oh, is he coming? No, 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 no. But he, uh, he, he was actually darn. just, he was just here for a show, but... Uh, for oh, a solo darn. show, but but my point is, Jeff has written this novel called Festival Man, and it's basically uh, it, the premise is that it's the memoirs of this very eccentric, underhanded manager slash em- music impresario guy. And there's a yes. character in the book that seems to be based on you. Uh, among it, the, the, it is. all of the characters, <laughs> all of the characters in the book seem to be based on pers- music personalities from across Canada. Uh, whether they're yeah. art- artistic directors, managers, musicians like yourself. And so, yes, he kind of, so the central, uh, I'm still at the I'm still like halfway through the book, but this is a major thing. Something happens at the Calgary Folk Festival. Can you take it from here? Can you explain the story? Okay. Uh, basically, Athena Amarok is booked to go to the Calgary Folk Festival, but gets swiped off by Bjork on a giant world tour. And this is, of course, disheartening to this manager fellow because he loves music. He genuinely loves music and believes in true music and really wants things to happen for people, but mostly for himself, right? So he kind of saw a key in the lock of the door with this Athena Amagold character, but she quickly, you know, ascends his scope of what he can deal with and goes off with this big Icelandic, you know, superstar. And instead of uh, informing the Calgary Folk Festival that Athena wouldn't be coming, he goes ahead and (laughs) puts together the, the backing band that Athena originally had and shows up at the festival with them, believing in their musical prowess to carry them to enlightenment, basically. Right. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting. And it's true. Like the people I was playing with at that time, they were incredible musicians. So he wasn't wrong with that. He just, he could have told them I wasn't going because of course that kind of gave me a bad name. Right. Right. But is this, I haven't like beyond Jeff's depiction, I had not heard this story. It hadn't resonated with me. Is this a legendary story? Oh, Jeff and I have got a lot of them. <laughs> like, you do not, don't ask that guy to tell him some of the stuff he's seen me do because it's, yeah, we're dear friends. He's he's just a fantastic person, fantastic, talented, smart, amazing man. I love him. No, and, and, I, and I just reading it as someone who has attended some of these festivals and knows that culture, it really resonates with me. It seems very real, and I, I can appreciate that there's all this behind-the-scenes stuff that Jeff is kind of exposing, but this manager character of yours, is I, I guess my two questions are, is he a renowned figure in sort of music circle, or maybe not renowned, is he an infamous character in, in sort of Canadian music industry? And, and within that, like, are there other aspects of his personality that... I mean, is this clearly him? Is Jeff's depiction clearly your... Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah. so was he it, this? It, there was no doubt in my mind who that was. <laughs> okay, and and so as I say, is he generally an infamous character in in the Canadian music industry? I think so, but I mean, I I also I know this sounds bad, but I kind of 
forgot Tim for a while. And uh, he really, because I kind of went off and started doing my own thing, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, it's he is he is quite infamous. But that time in my life, like he disappeared very quickly from my life. Just like I'm never actually in the book having a quoted conversation with anyone because I wasn't there at the festival. Right, right, right. Right. It was it it was almost like that with him in my life. Like it was a small period of time. It was less than a year. And I remember trying to meet with uh Network Records and the 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 guy from Network Records came and met me and had lunch and he goes, Oh sorry, like you know, we can't work with you because you're working with this manager guy and we really don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, there were things like that that happened, and of course, he didn't show that side of himself to me too too much. Right, right. Okay. And so, are you have you read the book? And he's, oh yeah, he also did some things to me, like, that I was such a newbie. Yeah, I was such a little baby throat singer, and I didn't know what was going on. Like, he sent me off to Norway, um... And I was on a tour bus with 22 Norwegian men, like, and no, no hotels, no showers, like nothing. It was just like totally haphazard. So when I read the book, like there, I, it just made total sense. Like that he, yeah, yeah, that, that he would do that, you know, to people without really, without really meaning to, but just see, and then, then I, I got ill when I was over there, and uh, the, he couldn't. There was no way for me to cancel or come home, or he didn't help me with anything. Like he just kind of dropped me. Like so, it's yeah, yeah. But still, to this day, I can't say I dislike him. Like it's just really, he just just hit the nail on the head. He's just very strange. Like I mean, that's just it. Like I'm reading this story about him, and he's. I'm compelled by him. He sounds terrible, but I'm compelled to keep reading about him. So he's like he's like Canada's most interesting man almost. Like there's nothing really redeemable, but it's yeah, anyway, and I can totally see Jeff was on this show talking about this book and I know Jeff. I can totally see him hearing your stories and hearing other people's stories about this guy and being like, "What the hell?" and then clearly writing about it. like I I can just see him turning these stories into his own. Well, that's the thing. He was with me on the Norwegian bus. Oh, he was one of the 22 <laughs> men. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think there were there might have been two more girls, but it, yeah, it was just it it was such a clusterfuck. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to put that on air. No, right? it's like, fine. It's, it's it's out there now. It's fine. Okay, oh, well, that's okay. crazy. So, but you, have you do you have you actually read Jeff's book? Oh yeah, I was just at Jeff's house and met his new baby Ursula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah she's pretty cute. And uh, the funny thing is, is when we were just at the Arts Festival this summer, I was had my daughter Inuya there, and I said, "Oh yeah, her name was almost Ursula." And they had the baby in the belly then, and her. Jeff and Karina just kind of looked at each other and went, "Oh yeah," because like, that's a great name. It's a strong name. It's it it means little bear, and oh. it, it's 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 a really really good name. And nobody's named Ursula these days, so it's uh, it's unique and it's good. And I, I Inuya would have been a perfect Ursula, but her her name her own name wanted to be her. <laughs> that's so interesting. So you may, you may have actually uh, helped uh, them come up with a name for their child. That's pretty. That's a pretty magical thing. Well, Jeff and I and Karina, Karina and I we're we're 
we're good friends, you know, like yeah. uh, Jeff's known me right from the very beginning. Like he was there at the performance that um, Bjork's friends were there recording it. He was there. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, like it's a, uh, He's he's known me right from the beginning, and he's been a loving friend throughout the entire process. And he actually met Karina at the Calgary Folk Festival. So he kind of, like, in a roundabout way, thanks me every once in a while for getting him into the Calgary Folk Festival. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. That's funny. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you're, it's, you're, it's you're, really romantic. He said he was sitting in the... He was sitting in the beer garden and he saw this girl with pink hair and they started talking and they haven't stopped since. Oh, well, that's sweet. That's, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's great. Your lives are intertwined. That's... And now she's and now she's a doctor. Oh, like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She's incredible. She decided, like, why not? I'm smart. Why can't I be a doctor? And she started <laughs> pre-med and now she's a doctor. Wow, well, like there you go. she's she's an incredible woman. They're a great pair. Well, yeah, I can I can only vouch for Jeff. I don't think I've actually met Karina, but that's that's great to hear. That's great. That's awesome. Now, mm-hmm. now you, I'm really happy for him. Now, before <laughs> we uh, go, I know you're you're. This is this is no small feat, as I understand it. Are you are you playing Carnegie Hall? Yeah, uh, for the third time. Third time. Well, okay. Now, you're yeah. just, now you're just showing off. What what is the <laughs> <laughs> Nature of your third appearance at Carnegie Hall. Uh, Vincent Ho, who is a composer in Winnipeg, put together uh, a piece, and I perform it with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra. And it's part of this uh, event that they're having at Carnegie where they bring in different people from different areas. And, yeah, we just we got voted in with the piece, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, so you, what's it like playing Carnegie Hall since you're such an old pro at it? Um, I get, like, I feel right before I go on stage, I feel a little nauseous and I get butterflies in my tummy and that normally never happens to me. And it's just the, such an iconic place to be playing. But the thing is, I was very spoiled because right away with Bjork, we were playing all the biggest and best concert halls all over Europe, right as soon as I started. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just used, got used to it because of her. And it, it, I, so usually I don't get nervous. Like okay. when I'm playing Lincoln, Lincoln Center or wherever, or whoever I meet, I don't usually get nervous around them either because um, before meeting Bjork, she was, I was a huge, 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 huge fan. And then as soon as I walked in the same room as her, she's so down to earth and she's so humble and she's so sweet and she's so nice and I all the fear or nervousness just completely left me. So, like, it's very hard to for me to be starstruck now. Yeah, and uh, I'd have to. I don't know who I'd have to meet. And I'm lucky enough to have such illustrious friends like Joseph Boyden or the Kronos Quartet or uh, Howard Zinn. I you know got yeah. to do some gigs with him with the Kronos. Like, so I've got. I've been really lucky 
with uh, who I've been able to talk to and the kindness that I've experienced in the world, it's um, I'm, I'm a fortunate person. Well, and you deserve it too. Let's, uh, I know you're being modest, but you deserve it too. So that, that's, that's nice to hear. Are, are, are you still kind of in touch with Bjork? Do you, do you ever hear from her from time to time? Well, we email, but it's not. It's been a long time since we saw each other, and we're really busy humans, uh-huh. you know. So I, yeah, it's not a. I guess I just have to be working with her again if yeah. I wanted, you know. But uh, the, yeah, like that's the thing is with music, it's exhilarating to do new things, and it's. It's fun to do old things again too. Every once in a while, where yeah. you come back to a come back to a sound, and it can make sense again in a different way. It's just it's the same way where you know you had a group of friends in high school, and now you can see them, and some of them you still are friends with, and some of them you can't relate to anymore because of the way things have grown. It's the same like that with musicians and sound. Like I have no doubt in my mind that until the day I'm dead, I can get up on stage with Jeff Berner and like, <laughs> we'll be able to do something. You right, know? right. So it just depends on the situation, I guess. Right. Okay. Well, no, I'm just curious because, you know, there's been much, we well, it's not something I've and, ever... Oh, I actually, I did, I'm lying. I'm sorry. I got starstruck and started crying only once. And... It's annoying because it happens every time I see her and I can't even explain it. I don't know what's going on. I have a framed picture of Buffy St. Marie in my doorway. I don't know what it is about that woman. Every time I see her, I just start crying. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. She's, I don't know she's, why. She's a power. I mean, I've had the good fortune of meeting Buffy a few times now. And yeah, she's kind of this powerful figure. And I imagine... I, it, you don't really need to explain it, really. I, I, she just obviously touches you in a, in a way, you know. And I mean, that's well, she's just her. Like, have you have you gone to her live shows? Yes, yes, yes. I've seen her play live a couple times. They're amazing. Yeah. Like, she's just so how what she says and how she says it. Like that song, "No No Keshagesh." Yes. Um, that song. It's just such a perfect explanation of what's happening right now and and she does it in a way that isn't like stupid and angry or isn't like childish and pointy fingery she's just like dominates in a in a gentle way if that's the best way I can put it in in just the right way like she is right yeah (laughs) (laughs) and she does it without going haha I'm right like it's just the perfect way of expressing something and she's also I hear the land in her voice right and it's like that with Bjork too I can hear Iceland in her voice right well and it's like so it's it's really uh this kind of uh thing I I relate to because I have home in my heart right so that comes out all the time yeah well, I mean, it's it's always amazing to speak with you. I always have a, a great time, and I appreciate how candid you are and and how how passionate you are, even in an interview. It's just uh, it's it's always nice to speak with you, Tanya. I want to let people know that uh, that uh, Tanya Tagak returns to Guelph on Saturday, February eighth, for a double bill with Timber Tambor at St. George's Church as part of Hillside Inside. And for more information about it, they can go 
hillsidefestival.ca or uh, izuma.tv slash tagak for more information about uh, Tanya. Now, normally, I would go to a song, uh, you know, if I was speaking to someone about a new record or something, and I don't know what we can do. Um, like, is there something we can play for people that uh, either from Elk Blood or, or possibly, oh, well, possibly something new? Is there something we can play? Oh, not yet. Patience, <laughs> patience. No, no, Kesha, you... <laughs> Uh, yeah, why don't you play that? No, Buffy? no, no, we're not going to play Buffy. I was just saying, no, no, I was just saying that you were like, no, no, Kesha, Kesha. Oh, I believe. don't be greedy. Is, is, isn't that the song about a dog? That's Buffy's song about, like, a dog. Um, yeah, it translates literally to greedy guts. It's like when a dog's been starving, right. basically, it, it eats, like, with this disgusting ferocity, like, and it won't care, like, it'll puke it up, eat it again, puke it up, eat it again, like, it's just gross. Well, this is how, this is how we feel about you and your music, because it's been six years, that's how we feel. uh, uh, (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, I promise to never make you wait six years again, (laughs) because I've got a lot of ideas in my head, but if you want to play something, oh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the oak, Hmm, there's it's been a long time. I think it, I I think my favorite on there is uh Fire with Mike Patton, the Ikuma song. Okay. You're okay? Well, why don't we I, play what well, we we should just play that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> this is Fire from uh, the great record Ock Blood by Tanya Tagak, uh which I guess was just released as Tagak. Are you back to being Tagak or are you Tanya Tagak? What are what are we doing here? Um, I it's it people have switched that up a lot. So um, I think it's like the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can be Tagak or China Tagak or China Tagak, whatever you want. Right. All right. Well, <laughs> that, let's just play the song. I, I, there's no way we can follow that. This is fire. Tanya, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll see you You're really soon. You're welcome. Okay. Oh, <laughs> 
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.